The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. All right. I think you guys hear that music. I hear that music. It's the Rail and Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in... Phoenix. Hey, Chef Julian. One thing I Are you taking over the show, um, Chef Julian? Browns. <laughs> well, they started uh, Johnny Football today. Um, I mean, Sunday. Uh, kind of not a good start, but when you think about it, how good can a good start be when you give up 17 points after your first two possessions? Uh, see, most people want to put the blame all on Johnny Menzel. I do not want to do that. I want to put the... I, I'm putting the blame on the defense for the first for the first three, maybe four possessions. It's hard for a rookie quarterback who just started his first game to come in and beat a division team, not only a division team, but a, a team that is winning the division against when you're down 17 points the third time you get the ball. It's just it's just sad. They they ran it all over the defense. They found their the Cincinnati Bengals found their weakness and they ran it all the time, the whole time. Hey, Chef Julian, Chef Julian, Chef Julian. Of course, you know I got to step in right there. I got to apologize. There was a little problem with the engineers back there, but it was just uh, a turnover. That's all. Fumble. You know. Hold on. Got to start all over again and get it right. So wait a second. The Cincinnati Bengals did what? Say that again. They ran it all over the uh, all over the Cleveland Browns. You know you can't say, Chef Julian. You're, you're, that's kind of offensive to me, but I got to accept it because that's exactly what happened. You are exactly right. But going into that game, did you really expect that the Cincinnati Bengals were going to run the ball all over the Cleveland Browns? No, I was expect I was expecting the exact opposite. I was expecting the Cleveland Browns to run it all over the Cincinnati Bengals like they did in that Thursday night game. And so what do you think happened? I mean, you, you saw the game. You know, everybody was all excited about it. The fans were more excited about it. They probably performed better at being fans. Than obviously, the Browns did at, at being football players. What the heck happened to the run defense? You know, I, I think it, this has been a problem for the, uh, for the Cleveland Browns, and it's showing right now this has been a problem for them the entire season. They allowed a 100-yard rusher against the Houston Texans. That is why they lost to them. They allowed a 100-yard rusher against the Baltimore Ravens. That is exactly why they lost to them. And if they don't uh, solve this problem quick, it's gonna be, it, they're going to be having a terrible season. They're already having a subpar season, but it's a great season for the Cleveland Browns team that was expected to go 4-12 and in the first place. Well, you, we, do have, we do have a problem there in the middle. I mean, we are experiencing the fact that we're playing without somebody who was, was contributing extremely well to that defense, and that's Carlos Dansby. I mean, Carlos was not only, you know, playing and, and, uh, and doing everything he possibly could to, uh, to improve not only his play week to week, uh, but to lead by example. And, and you do have uh, to take into account that, that he's no longer there. So is that, is, is that something you would consider in terms of, okay, that's one reason why 
Uh, things may be a little bit different with the run defense, uh, a little bit different with the run defense, but you expected the next man up to step up. Exactly. And, um, I think it's uh, – and they also have uh, Phil Taylor, who's their defensive tackle, who's used to – who's in that middle, in the trenches, stopping the run. Now, he's hurt. He's out for the rest of the season. I think him – I think that's because – I think his injury is more uh, important than Carlos Danzi's injury because his – Carlos Danzi is usually stopping that middle pass, that pass through the middle – and they've, they've accounted for that with uh, Robertson. Well, I'll I tell you what, Chef Junior, I don't, I don't care who's out. Uh, I don't care what the reason is for the person being out. Uh, the next man always has to step up, and the defense just has to play better. Uh, but, okay, let's not avoid it. Johnny Football, <laughs> you may want to stick with him if, if, you know, if you just say, hey, I can't go back to him. But was, was that a knee-jerk move to you? I, I understand Hoyer you know, wasn't producing himself. But, you know, it, I felt as if the team at least had ad- adapted to his style of play, knowing that he could make some plays and, and probably wouldn't make other plays. And, and so, therefore, they made, at least it, it was a competitive game. They still had a chance to win. But this Johnny football, that, I, I think that just was a knee-jerk move that we just got to stick with now because you can't go back to Hoyer. Do you agree with that? Um, yeah, I agree with that. I agree that you cannot go back to Hoyer if you're going to start, if you're going to replace him. It's kind of like a flip-flop move if you're going to do that. Uh, one thing that I think is you just got to get, you just got to ride this out. Um, this isn't easy for rookie quarterbacks to come in. I, I mean, I didn't expect him to, you know, throw for 300 yards and rush for 100. I didn't expect in, uh, anything like that. I I just expected a good game, and I didn't. Ex- I did expect Ryan to struggle, but not this much. Well, you expected a good game. Did you get a good game? No, you didn't get a good game. So you know, Johnny Football again, like many rookie quarterbacks, you're right. Uh, maybe kind of a deer in headlights experience, but there's some other rookie quarterbacks that play well. Um, what do you expect from Johnny uh, this week? I mean, do you expect him again the same kind of performance? We don't want to see that. But do you think that, that he will improve himself? This is definitely a matchup that people would want to see. Luke Keekley versus Johnny Menzel. Who can quarterback their, their side of the ball better? And I think, I, I don't know if Johnny Menzel can do it, but I think that he could, he could have a shot in uh, beating Luke Keekley at this in this battle. Uh, let, let's look at the coaching staff and, and, and the front office. Uh, do you think they made the right decision at the right time? by putting Johnny in there and, and letting him start? Well, if they, didn't, if they didn't do it now, they wouldn't have did it at all. Uh, well, so does that make it the right decision? I mean, uh, why, why don't you think they could? I, I've experienced before, you know, it's the last game. It's the last two games. You know, it's, it's a game when you know there's not a chance. There was still a chance when they inserted him into the lineup. Right now, I mean, they could have at least waited a game or two longer uh, when it's definitely over with, but uh, but they made that decision earlier than I think they should have. Uh, should they be held accountable? Uh, I think I think they should uh, be uh, held accountable a little bit. I mean, but most of, but it, it's not about uh, the decisions that are made; it's about how you play. And if if they can't play, 
the way that they are supposed to play, then it's not the front office fault. Well, I, I agree with that. I'm, I'm one of those players that there are very few times where I, I think there are quarterbacks that I would say, you know, manage football games. I, I just don't believe in that. I'm, I'm always one who believes that the, the player's job is, is to execute. The managing of, of the game is done on the sidelines by the coaches, you know, giving you plays. But you got to go out and you got to execute. Coaches don't make tackles. Coaches don't, you know, catch balls. Uh, they don't fumble. They don't tackle. I I think that's plain. I think managing is, you know, management is a chess game between you and the other coaches, you know, and every now and then you may call it a, a trick play or something of that nature that works, but I don't think that they uh, they manage the game. Let me ask you something. Um, I got to ask you, you know, obviously I knew that was a game that you were looking forward to. What other game were you looking forward to and, and were you happy with the results or were you disappointed with it? Oh, Chef Julian, are you there? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Uh, I was I was looking forward to the Eagles versus Cowboys game. I mean, it didn't I didn't see the ending that I expected, but I was looking forward to that game. Uh, very impressed with the Dallas Cowboys. So it was obviously impressive for the Cowboys in terms of what your expectations were going into that game. Were you expecting a better football game? And uh, if if you were who who do you fault for not you know playing up to the talent level of what you you expected, uh, which would have made it a much better football game than it was? I mean, it it was it was a dogfight at the end. It was a dogfight at the end, but uh, I I put the blame on the offensive line for that for late late in the quarters. Uh, they needed to open up holes. I mean, Lashawn McCoy ran for over a hundred yards in that in the Thanksgiving game. This week he ran. He didn't. I don't even think he ran for fifty. Uh, it, it's, it's it's they bottled him up. I mean they bottled up the Mont for Murray too as well in this in this game. But uh, the Dallas Cowboys definitely won the uh, game of rushing yards. Well, I think the Cowboys did what they do best. I mean, they, they went back to the run game, and they remembered they had a tight end. They, for some reason or another, they forgot they had a tight end the first time they played the Cow. Uh, they played the Eagles at home. Of course, uh, I, I was. Uh, in attendance of that game and was very happy with the results of that game. But they they forgot that they had a good running back and they had a, a damn good tight end, you know, who Jerry Jones, I think, believes is possibly the greatest cowboy ever. Some people down there think that Jason is. But um, they went, they started off, I mean, very early in the game, you could see what the game plan was, you know. Uh, you were going to get a, a, a lot of running of the ball, and when we were going to pass, uh, we were going to go to Jason, which then opened things up to, uh, to you know, Big play man. And whenever 88's making plays, then, then you're going to find yourself in trouble. I just felt as if, you know, in, in terms of the Eagles' play, you, you can't let Dez Bryant just take over a game like that. I mean, I, he's throwing, he's catching three touchdown passes in one game. I just think you got to do something. You know, the Eagles tried to make an adjustment late in the game, switching the corners up. I mean, why do you wait till late in the game? And the man catches one, he catches two. Okay, come on. You don't let him catch three. <laughs> so uh, I just think that the adjustments that they made late in the game, very late in the game, they should have been halftime adjustments, if not adjustments that were made, uh, you know, early in the game. But I'll tell you what, I, I was disappointed. Uh, I thought the Eagles, you know, would have played a much better game. Uh, I was happy with with the play of the Cowboys, you know. Um, they're, they're America's team. At least that's what everybody calls them. 
and uh, they showed it. I think the game. I mean, the game was over very early. It was what twenty-one nothing. I think at one time. So the game was over very early. So I'll tell you what, Chef, we're going to have to take a break. Uh, I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to come back. And what I'm going to do when I come back, uh, I have in studio with me my good dear friend, Guy Troop. So, of course, we're going to talk about the Player Networking event. It's the 15th annual Player Networking event, which would be here in Phoenix for this year's Super Bowl. And I'm excited about it. I'm sure Guy is, too. So, Chef Julian, you hold on because we're going to talk to Guy, and then we'll uh, circle back with you. After that, uh, that next segment of which I will be with Guy Troop, CEO and founder of Troop 21, who will be hosting the 15th annual player networking event at the Super Bowl here in Phoenix. So we'll be right back. You listen to Ray Ellis Sports on the Voice America Network. We'll be right back. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spies are especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. You bet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at youbet.com. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters to me, well, I got to say what matters to me now is I, I was hoping I'd be able to say that, you know, the Philadelphia Eagles would beat the Dallas Cowboys. Ha, 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 ha. I guess I was there for a treat. I didn't know that. But you never know. Any given Sunday, anything can happen. But what I do know that I am happy about, and I do know will happen because it's been happening for the last 14 years, and it's going to happen again this year, in the 15th year. And that is the 15th year celebration of the player networking event. It is a celebration because for me, as a former athlete, I, I just take tremendous pride in participating uh, in this player networking event because for so many years, you know, and it's just it's, it's, it's a kind of a, a stigma that I, I'll never forget. I heard it for the first time ever. And I continue to hear it in the back of my mind is this dumb jock thing, you know, and it's just so amazing to me how so many people, you know, tend to forget how important sports has been in society and, and how the sports platform that players have ha- have been used to show an example. If you do things the right way, it could be harmony amongst all people and all things. 
And so we're right back into a situation now where there are some people, you know, who object to players using their platform to create harmony. Because what other place can you go to in the world where you got 60, 70, 80, 90, 100,000 people from all backgrounds in life? And then you got people all over the world and they come together for one reason. There's a sporting event going on. And they love those people that wear the colors that they love. And they hate those people that wear the colors of the other team. And I'm one of those people. You know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm a fan. I was born and raised a fan. But also what I was just so happy to do is, is to meet those men. Uh, most of the time they were young men. And, and, and they, they shared something with me that just made me want to do what they did. And they, they, they brought joy. They were respectful you know, they, uh, they, they were such a model because they set a goal that they went after and they achieved it. And, and when I tried to do what they had already accomplished, I realized how hard it was going to be in order for me to achieve that. And so me as a former professional athlete, as I was coming up in the world of sports and, and I got introduced to business, I learned to respect those who were in business just as I did with those who were in sports because I had reached the pinnacle of the profession and I knew it was not easy. So anytime I met anybody that had been successful, that was in business, that was getting up every day, going to work, that had a job and they were not, maybe some of them were employees, some of them were entrepreneurs, but they had achieved some success in that they, they applied for a job and they got it and they held it for a period of time. And you got to continue to work at that. You got to continue to get repetitions in with that. And that in itself is worth noting. And I know that myself and many other players, we then looked at what other people were doing. And we said, you know, one day I want to do that. I can't keep doing what I'm doing. And that is playing football. It, it is, as, as God likes to call it, and, and I've said, um, you know, it's, it's, it's not a career. I call it a short-term work experience because of what I've done previously in the nonprofit world. I think God's got another label for me for it, but, I, but it's a short-term work experience, and that is playing in the National Football League or the NBA or the hockey or baseball. But one thing about it is uh, we're not familiar <laughs> with how you, how you make that transition. And just like we go into the classroom of high school, college, in the classroom of, of a professional football team or a classroom in, in college football, you know, or in high school football. You go in a classroom to learn. There's very few things in life that we ever, that we did, that we didn't get repetitions in, that we, somebody didn't teach us how to do it. And so networking, in my mind, is an art and a science. And it's something that players need assistance with. So players need leadership direction for somebody to help them. And I've got my good friend, Guy Troop, who's been doing it for 15 years, been assisting players in their transition and helping them understand the value of networking and to use his platform of the player networking event, which is a sanctioned Super Bowl event, uh, to come in, to gain some experience, show off your product. But I just want, I want to welcome Guy. I want to thank Guy. But Guy, 15 years, talk about repetitions. <laughs> You know, everybody sees you and what you do on one day. But I know behind the scenes you are working 365 days. Do you ever get tired? Do you, do you ever want to give up 
and and what's the motivation that keeps you going? Because it's very easy to give up because you can go work for somebody else. You can do something else. But 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 do you ever get tired and, and do you ever think about giving up? And if you don't ever think about giving up, what, what's that motivation that says, no, I can't give up on this? Because I know deep down you're an athlete yourself. That might be one reason. But what's really the driving factor behind you and this passion you have for helping players in, in, in this career transition with the player networking event? Well, Ray, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't know. If I've ever mentioned this to you before, but I, I'm just an old country boy from Oklahoma, and I'm Dorothy and Albert Chester's son, and they were both educators and social workers. So I just found a way to do what was poured into me in a niche market, in a in a industry, in a game I love with with the population that I love. So in in middle school, I had a teammate that. Uh, couldn't play high school because he didn't get his grades or he, or he got in trouble and went to juvenile detention. In high school, I, I had a guy that was challenged by Prop 48 and couldn't make the entrance standards. In, in college, I had teammates that got kicked out for various reasons. Some of the kinds of behaviors we see on television today with Ray Rice or Adrian Peterson or, or – uh, the tight end for the Patriots that's now in in, pris- in prison uh, for murder, uh, San Hernandez. Hernandez. Uh, so you know, I've, I've just been motivated to help. My parents taught me that service uh, is the top gift in this world, and you have to serve people and and, and stand for something at, at a high level. So the NFL is one of the best businesses in the world. So I feel honored to help NFL players. And over the years, I've gotten to know. Several and and so it's, I you ask the question do I am I ever tired? Yeah, I mean the the work work is tiresome, mm-hmm. but we have to work. Yeah, because I you know I used to tell people you know Monday through what well, let's say Monday through Saturday I don't I did not like playing football that was tiresome. On mm-hmm. game day you got that that energy. Mm-hmm. Is it like that for you? Is 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 game day for you Saturday when you when you have the P and E and all the other stuff is real tiresome, or do you really enjoy that? Has it become a labor of love for you? Well, yeah, it's it's well the P and E is not game day. P and E is really uh, the introduction of new relationships and the celebration of last year's work, and so I call it sort of a hybrid of what I'm going to do the future and what I've accomplished in the past. And when I say I, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about the network of men and women that help athletes, that love athletes, that care about athletes, that see that athletes have gifts and talents and skills, and, and they see that they're human beings that have vulnerabilities and weaknesses. So uh, it's, it's a beautiful uh, thing when you can wake up every day, control your destiny, do what you love doing, and at the end of the day, you, you get to control the outcome of the client and the service as well as your own destiny in terms of, you know, being an entrepreneur, being a service provider, being a charitable person. Now, you said it's not all about you, and, and, I, and I know that, of course, but I'd like to, if you would, take the time out because I know there's a couple people that you've already uh, decided that you're, you're going to pay homage to and, and you're going to honor a couple people. Can we mention a couple of those people uh, that you plan to honor this year at the 15th Annual Player Network? Yeah, I'd be honored to. Uh, one of uh, You played at Philadelphia and Cleveland, so there are two men that uh, play for those brands that I think very highly of. They're men that are older than me and taught me quite a bit as I became an executive in the NFL. One is Earl Edwards, a former Cleveland Brown. It was 
the past player development director for the Cardinals. And Earl was a, you know, I theoretically working at the league was his boss. Uh, but he, he had a, a way of teaching me things as the person trying to implement programs at the local level. So we're, it's our 15th anniversary. We, we're, we're honored 15 in marriage is symbolic of crystal. So we're having the P&E Crystal Awards where we're honoring 15 15 people that have done great work. So Earl Edwards, the former player development director, is, is getting honored for excellence in practice. And then Dr. Lim Burnham, who hired me uh, to to really be the quarterback, and he was my head coach and my general manager to get player development, implement programs across the league. We're honoring him for his pioneering vision. He took a vision to Commissioner Tagliabue that football players needed degree completion, that football players needed internships, that football players uh, needed to work on relationships with their wives, that we needed an employee assistance network to help these men like corporate America has. So Lim, Dr. Lim Burnham, we're honoring him for the vision uh, and the commitment he made, and there's several others, but those are two sort of older men, they're older than me, that I want to make sure they, they, they get to smell their roses. Uh, we, we lost one. Robert Newhouse is another one, longtime cowboy. His son, Rod, is going to come to accept the honor for him. But Robert was a player development director with the Dallas Cowboys for years. And it was, it's, it's mom, dad, babysitter, uh, fixer, uh, mentor, uh, tough love. It's all in that job description. So those three men are former football players that, you know, paid it forward and made a commitment to helping athletes. And, you know, they got paid a salary to do it, but it wasn't about the money. Yeah, it's really interesting that you've taken the time out to honor these guys because I think the league should really themselves as well take the time out to honor them because somebody has to do the work and there, and there's an opportunity there uh, of which the the league celebrates a lot of things with people do on the field. They do celebrate some things that they do off the field, but sometimes there are a couple people, like you said, they don't get a chance to smell the roses. And and those are three honorable men uh, that I think they deserve recognition at the highest level. And and not that your level isn't the same platform as the league, but you and I know there is a difference. Uh, As you said, you're, I heard you say earlier today, you're a small businessman, you know, but, but certainly, uh, I appreciate the fact that you've taken the time out to recognize them. Uh, and I, myself, I, I had the privilege to, to meet Earl years ago when I first got here. And uh, Earl's, uh, Earl's really old school. I appreciate that. Uh, stern, uh, but, but a good, honorable man, a great father, great husband. And I've uh, been doing a, a tremendous job. And Earl and I, in fact, have been working on uh, some things here in Phoenix, Arizona. So I'm happy. What I want to do is I'm actually going to take a break. Uh, I need you here for more than just this segment, guys. So we're going to come back. Chef Julian, I want you to hold on. We're going to talk some football, uh, maybe the last segment. But we got to continue to talk about this great work that Guy Troop has been doing for 15 years with the Player Networking event. Of course, it's going to be here at Memorial Union. Uh, Arizona uh, State University uh, Memorial Union, Saturday, January 31st, 1 to 6 p.m. With uh, over 32 player-owned businesses, one player per NFL team represented. Okay, well, listen, uh, you heard Guy mention where it's going to be at and who's going to be there. We hope that you get a chance. uh, We may, we just may sneak a little something in here to give you a chance to come out and spend some time with us. We're going to take a break. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters, and we'll be right back. (laughs) 
your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. All right, you hear that music, you know the show. You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. And what matters to me? Okay, what matters to me is I thought the Philadelphia Eagles was going to beat the Dallas Cowboys, but they did not. So what matters to me now is I'm going to move on. i got to handle my business. I'm getting ready for that live broadcast at the 15th Annual Player Networking Event. My good friend Guy Troop has allowed me to host that show. I'm going to say for like the last seven years, I've shared that platform with many of my dear friends. And I thank God because it's not all about me. It's about team. And there's no I in team, so I want to thank some of those guys out there, Kwame Lasseter, Lamont Williams, Lee Mar- uh, Lamar Campbell. Uh, there's just so too many for me to name. I've been hitting my head too many times, so I'm not going to try to name everybody out there. So thank you all, and we look forward to all these guys, of course, joining us here in Phoenix. Uh, the guys here in Phoenix have uh, been looking forward to hosting it. I know the staff here is excited about it. Uh, guys ex- excited about the broadcast. Uh, but but Guy is, <laughs> each year he... he Man, it's almost like he just reinvents himself. And, and each year, do, not only do we try to expand upon um, the career options that we bring to the table and that we show. See, a lot of times it's not just about, you know, bringing options to the players. But we also want to take some time out to let the world know about the things that the players who are, who are currently entrepreneurs, what they're doing. And, and sometimes those players need help, and, and sometimes those players are looking to expand their brand, and sometimes they're looking for some resources. So, again, his creativity is like, okay, well, that's, that's what's, you know, based upon some research he's done, well, let's try to find a way to do that. And, and we've been creative, and, and he and I have been brainstorming, and, and him and Ray Mickens have been brainstorming, and, and so we, we, we 
think we got something special this year coming up. And so I'm just going to let Guy talk to, about that a little bit because uh, I'm too excited. I might get a little giddy about it because I, I've got to you know, be a part of the production on the back end of things. Again, I, I have a face for radio, so you will not be seeing me. So, uh, Guy, let's talk a little bit about this uh, special project that you've been keeping under the wraps, but uh, the world will know about it probably post-P&E. But let's talk about it here on, on Voice America Sports. So uh, you're going to have a new show within the show this year. Tell me a little bit about that. Well, first I need to tell your viewers, you're right, you do have a face for radio. <laughs> uh, but the I won't let that go. I won't <laughs> let that go. The, uh, the vision behind the P&E, uh, which is the, the acronym or the brand we're using to describe the player networking event, um, is to help players connect with people who travel from all around the world to attend one of the largest sporting events. So CEOs, CFOs, marketing directors, fans all converge upon a city, in this case the Valley, Phoenix, to um, to celebrate a game, and, and there are tons of activities. So we're going to have networking. We're going to have business-to-business networking. We're going to have mentorship. We're going to have um, – really a, a diverse group of people in a room helping uh, active and former players. So this year, in addition to the featured exhibitors, where there could be a, a, a company that's there to help players with resume development or interviewing skills, job placement, or even post-event seminars to help players across a, a, a cross-section of uh, training areas, we also have companies that want to market products and services, and we have former players who are entrepreneurs. So I saw a trend a couple years ago where a number of players were entrepreneurs. So I said, well, let's showcase them. And then we showcased them the last few years. And then then I heard this theme that, hey, people think I have all this money because I played in the NFL. And uh, most entrepreneurs understand that in business you should be utilizing other people's money and, and, and protecting your personal assets. So uh, what we did is we, we, we conceptualized uh, a Shark Tank, if you will. Our event inside of the Player Networking event is, is actually called Gridiron Game Plans, the ultimate player-owned business competition. So we have judges that will look at and judge player pitches for uh, the pitches around six minutes, but we'll have judges that'll look at marketing plans, look at communication style, look at dress, look at the actual numbers of the deal and how they're planning to use the investments. And we're going to come up with some cool, hip, sort of football-related ways to to show that. And I'm I'm honored and blessed and privileged that you are going to help us capture that uh, in a in a video format for television. Um, the, we, we've recruited shark investors, if you will. We're calling them head coach investors that will work with, uh, meet with, and consider investing in, in, in uh, player-owned businesses. So that's, that's very exciting. We have Carlos Dansby, active player for the Browns, played for the, for the Cardinals for years as one of the featured active players. He's launching a men's grooming line. Uh, in fact, we're getting a mass mailing out where he's giving every player a product sample for Christmas so they can understand every active player. We're mailing that out on Friday for Christmas gifts. Uh, we have uh, 
Davin Joseph, who uh, really has is a charitable heart, has a great foundation, plays with the Rams, doing great work in his home area of state of Florida, another active player. And then we have tons of former players across a, a wide spectrum of businesses that will be showcased. And we're going to have four finalists that get a chance to pitch to the uh, the Sharks, if you will. And I, I want to stop using that name. We're going to try to convert my mind to say the head coach investor. Yes. Uh, and then so the last thing I would say is the beauty of this is we're giving back. We're pay- the, the athletes don't realize it, but they're paying it forward to the college kids. We're bringing the entire college football team at Arizona State University and other student athletes at Arizona State so they can see Athletes who have made it modeling professional development, modeling the development of a skill set outside of running and jumping and passing and athletics prowess. So it's going to be an exciting day. And, I, Ray, I, you know, I'd be remiss if I, if I said you weren't in the, in the laboratory, in the think tank with me, helping me think through it with my, my leadership team and, and other players like Ray Mickens and Adam Walker and Spencer Tillman. You know, these are men that have, have really committed to this event uh, and and are all sort of molded after the same cloth of of, of giving back and helping helping. Yeah, I, I think uh, when I when I think about the, just the opportunity that I have that that you would even take the time out to listen to what I have to say, I'm I'm just uh, extremely elated about that and and having the ability to share with you what I think would help players, and and that's really um, I I think one of the things that that I admire the most about you is your openness and your willingness to listen to other players and, and to try to provide with, for them the things that they need. And, and this, is, this is a tremendous opportunity because, again, there, there are people who, uh, who think that an athlete uh, is, like you said, everything's in place for him, you know, that he doesn't, he doesn't need anything. He has everything. He has all the money. Uh, he has all the resources that's, that's necessary. And, and just because he has money does not necessarily mean that he's going to have a successful uh, business. And and even uh, those who have a successful business doesn't mean that they're necessarily going to have um, a sustainable business. So they're probably going to need some resources in order for them to sustain that business. And, and I think that's one of the reasons why they're coming t- to you uh, for this uh, this platform and this opportunity is to present so they can get some of those uh, resources that, that, that they, not necessarily desperately, but they certainly uh, will need in order for their business to continue to be successful. So, again, I, God, I, just, I just thank you for that, for that vision uh, for those players uh, to allow them to have the opportunity to present. And uh, I know there was one other thing I know you wanted to say to me about that. Yeah, uh, yeah I, w- I just want to talk a little bit about the, the lineup of players who have either registered or requested to pitch and attend and just kind of run down real quickly. Also, want to talk about a few of the larger companies that are helping. We have AARP has a new initiative called Life Reimagine, where they're reaching back to younger people in transition. So they're going to help us with this event. Mars is a sponsor of the NFL. That for the first time, a corporate sponsor of the NFL is taking an interest in providing shadowing and internship opportunities for players. So they're going to come and attend and really check it out this year. And I, I expect them to make a full commitment to the event next year. Uh, so I wanted to talk a little bit about those and then just run down some players that are in. Of course, Ray Ellis is in the, in the voice, uh, uh, di- the digital media space. Adam Walker just successfully closed a packaging deal, a multi-million dollar packaging company he has. Alan Rossum is promoting uh, uh, antibiotic 
uh, Antibody Incorporated. It's basically a medical device. Uh, we have John Gilmore, apparel and sports memorabilia. John Brunson has a business networking concept. Okay, Kevin Vickerson has a uh, active player has a uh, a football camp that's one of the best in the country. Ray Mickens has a, a airport martini bar that he just launched that's doing great. Um, and I can go on and on. I just wanted to mention a few. Michael Stone has a friend uh, the the uh, professional athlete franchise initiative where he's educating athletes about franchising. Sean Banhorse works for New York Life and is here to just start selling at, uh, life insurance for his business. It's a small business. He's branded himself with a major corporation. Uh, so we, we have a ton of concepts, uh, and I, I, did, I can't get close to mentioning them all, but I wanted to just start with a few to give people a, a clear understanding of the diversity of interests skill set and ability of, of athletes and what they're doing, uh, getting, off the, getting off the ground every day after a hit, right, in entrepreneurship, going back to the huddle, calling a play, trying to execute for their families. And I, I think that's, that's so remarkable of how you're able to bring some of that the terminology that, that's, that's used every day in the locker room and apply that to what's happening in life because it, it really is. I mean, you, you're just like, just as we started off the show, you know, it was it was we fumbled, so that's okay. The game wasn't over. I still had to play the game, so I had to get on the mic, go talk to the engineers, and then and then pick the show up. And these kind of things happen in in business with 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 players. They need to understand. So what if you if you start one business and it's not successful? That doesn't mean you can't start another. It's like one game. Your life is not over with, and and don't let the world beat you up just because you you didn't win your first game or you didn't you, your first business wasn't you know successful. You were successful in that you made the attempt because some people just don't make that attempt i have a sign hanging in my garage that says what would you do if you were not afraid and of course that's not original uh my my daughter brought that back when she of course attended an event when i think the ceo from facebook uh actually passed those out at an event here uh in arizona but uh well, God, Ray, I'm, I'm not afraid to say that uh, your teams won't make it to the Super Bowl this year. The Cardinals, I mean, uh, can we the mute Cardinals. The, can we mute the mic? Can will we? not make it. That's your local team. Philadelphia will not make it. That's your your, your home team and your state Mr. team. Mr. Troop is supposed to be unbiased. And Ohio State, your alma mater, who's in the Big Four, Ooh. the college football playoff, they will not win it either. I'm not, I'm not afraid to say any of that to you. I, I am just uh, amazed at the fact that this man told me he would be nice to me today on my show, and obviously he has not. But you have been listening to Ray Ellis Sports. You'll continue to listen to Ray Ellis Sports when we come back. And, God, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, man, just those, those things that you continue to do for players every day in their lives we need your support we want you to know that we're so grateful we're so thankful and we'll continue to call on you so don't get tired get in the gym keep working out be strong because we need you man thank you so much so hey i'm gonna take a break it's gonna be my last break chef julie's gonna come back and we're gonna talk a little bit about the power ranking what i do not agree with but chef julie's gonna go through it with me for the last segment of the show you're listening to rail of sports on the voice america network i'm in phoenix living like it matters and we'll be right back Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the 3 is very much the one to beat. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely despise her, especially at 1-2. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a 9-horse field, but really there are 7 donkeys and 2 zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins, next week I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Alright, you hear that music, you know the show You listen to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters I apologize, we had some technical difficulties You heard some noise that was, you know As we were going to break there Something about my team and all that stuff There were some technical difficulties We will not have that on the show next week uh, So uh, just understand that, that uh, Those things Mr. Troop was saying It was a part of the technical difficulty So let us get back <laughs> to, the, to the show as planned And Chef Julian, are you still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Okay, Chef Julian, there's a lot of people who wanted to wait to hear this because I know as this thing wraps its way, you know, from the bottom to the top, there are going to be people who do not understand uh, these power rankings, and I don't care if they're about records. You know, that's why you shouldn't use computers. You should use people uh, when you when you start talking about teams and performances and rankings and things of that nature. But quickly, we're going to go from 10 to 1, and we're going to start out with the According to the power rankings, the 10th best team in the National Football League this week happens to be who, Chef Julian? See, I just wanted to make a quick note out of the power ranking that I looked at was going by the record, not the strength of the team. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm looking at the power ranking by the strength of the team now. Okay, all right. Well, okay, I think that's a better one, and we'll try to go with that. Let's let's go with that. Number 10 is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay, now, 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 Pittsburgh Steelers. I know you have a hard time saying that. I understand that. You know, you're from right there in the Hall of Fame city of Canton, Ohio, and you got to be a Cleveland Browns fan. But the Pittsburgh Steelers. How, how do you feel about last week's performance, and and what do you see them doing going forward? Um, I I think I mean they're a good team. They're a good team, but they show too many weaknesses. And so if they show too many weaknesses. Then you know, do you anticipate that you know can they win that? Can can they beat the Bengals in terms of winning that division and 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 the Ravens and winning that division and, and represent the you know the AFC in their division in the playoffs? No, I think the Baltimore Ravens have the best chance of uh, winning that division. Well, there we go. Okay, so let's go to number nine. Number nine is the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, I got to say this, listen, I, I, you just can't, you, you can't play football. And I, I don't care at the end of the game. You got to play, 
you got to play football 60 minutes. You can't just decide to take some plays off. You can't say, oh, well, we're going to get it going second half or, or we'll get it going at the, you know, at the end of the game. you got to play 60 minutes of football. And the Philadelphia Eagles normally start fast. That was surprising to me that they got hit with an uppercut and an overwrite at the very beginning of the game. And the game really, in my mind, was over before it started. So uh, we talked about that a little bit earlier in the show. So I'm just going to let that go. I still think they may be in the playoffs. But, you know, I'm just they're not consistent. I need to see consistency from them. And, you know, you played a team just a couple weeks ago and, you know, you, you know, lay an egg as far as I'm concerned this time around. So I'm I'm not even going to talk about the Philadelphia Eagles. So let's go to number eight. Number eight is the Detroit Lions. And 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 of course, I'm glad you came back with a different kind of ranking because the Detroit Lions was and the other ranking was up higher than uh, that bad man. And I certainly don't put them ahead of the Green Bay Packers. But. What's your take on the Detroit Lions? Are, are you comfortable with them at number eight, or do you think that's a, a little high for them? I think they should be higher than the seventh team, but uh, I, other than that, I think they're right where they are. And the seventh team would be who? The Indianapolis Colts. Okay, so the Indianapolis Colts up against the Detroit Lions right now sounds to me like you got the Indianapolis Colts. Head to uh, head. No, I, I, think, I think the Detroit Lions is a better team. Okay, so overall. well, okay, well then if they're a better team, then you're saying okay, so I get what you're saying. You're saying that they should be ahead of the Indianapolis Colts. Okay, I'm, I, you know, Detroit Lions. Uh, you, I, you just really don't know. Again, they they kind of remind me of the Philadelphia Eagles too. There's some inconsistency there with the with the Detroit Lions. But I tell you what, I wouldn't want to play the Detroit Lions if I'm in a playoff hunt. I just do more. I I don't want to play them because I don't know which team might show up, and if that 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 mean team shows up, I, I'm in trouble. So I, I'll give them that, uh, but I, but I'm not going to pick them to go deep into the playoffs. So let's go beyond the Indianapolis Colts and the Detroit Lions. The next one on the list is who? The Dallas Cowboys coming in at number number six. Number six, the Dallas Cowboys. I got somebody in the office in the studio with me. They probably want to say somebody Dallas Cowboys, but their mic has been muted. So. uh the Dallas Cowboys, really? I mean, your running back just had surgery, really? And, and your number, your backup guy, now he's good. He's, he's real good. But, you know, the top rusher in the league is out. And, and this here's where I struggle with this. See, I'm supposed to be a fan, but then I got this old player that's inside of my body too, so I'm worried about the health and condition of a player who just had surgery, and you're going to do what you have to do to put him on the field because I can go back years where I had a cast cut off as a high school student just to put me on the field to play a football game. So my question to you is, do you think there's medicine enough out there, enough to take the pain away from him that he can run with the football, and even if somebody hits him hard in his hand, he can still hold on to the ball? Do you think they're going to go ahead and put him in there, DeMarcus? I I I think they should sit him out for the rest of the season. I don't think they should take the risk of hurting the uh, franchise the franchise running back. I think he can I think he's shown that he's their starting running back. Hey Chef Julian Chef Julian I I, I have to inter- that, Chef- don't play don't play him and risk that. And it's I just agree a broken with hand. But, but see, it's just a broken but, but hand Chef, and Chef it's Julian. the off hand. You put a, I, and I'm an advocate for health and wellness of athletes, but I guarantee you that they will wrap that thing up and he'll be out there it's, it's carrying the, the, the ball. Le- it's the left hand. Okay, now, yes. okay, I'm, I'm going to just ask Troop about his days of playing ball and running the ball. If it's the left hand, you're probably going to carry the ball in the right hand. What hand you stiff arm with? 
Well, yeah, he's going to have some challenges with stiff arming and blocking. But it's man, you, you're you're getting paid a lot of money. You're going to want to play. They're going to probably put numb the pain, put a playing cast on, and he's going to probably favor it. But he's going to play. See, and this is this is the player who is thinking about the new NFL that is supposed to be health conscious and supposed to take those decisions away from the players. You don't let those players make those decisions. That's right. You let the medical people make those decisions. So I don't think DeMarcus Murray should play. It's going to jeopardize a lot of things for him career-wise. Probably, you know, first time he would have won the career, I mean, the season rushing title, mm-hmm. I think he would. Uh, but certainly, he, you know, him, with the Dallas Cowboys without DeMarcus Murray is a complete different team. You know, they're, they're still a good team, but they're a different team. So let's move on. The next one, Chef Julian. The Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals, and they're coming in at number? Number five. Number five. Now, uh, if, if you don't have a quarterback that you have had for the last two weeks starting at quarterback, and you're going into probably, I think the game is away this time. I think they're going up to Seattle this week. Is the game in Seattle? Chef Julian, yes, sir. The game is in. Seattle. I think that's a uh, that's a tough place to go play anyway. Now you're going to go with somebody who yeah, I don't even know who the quarterback's going to be. I don't even think they made a decision really on the quarterback. I I just think that's tough. You know, do you think they can actually go into Seattle and win another game as important as this game is to the Seahawks? The way Pete Carroll had the team playing last week, and I heard somebody make a comment, you know, on one of the big boy shows about you know how fast that team was. Pete Carroll since. 1979 has always told his players, when I turn this film off, when, this, when, the, when the play stops, if you ain't around the ball, you in trouble. So that's why his, his players always run to the ball, because that's his method of coaching. It's not one person's responsibility to make a tackle. It's the entire team. And if everybody ain't around this ball, when we're getting ready to turn that film off, oh, that play off, oh, you're you in trouble. So it doesn't surprise me that this team is aggressive, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. And I would not want to be a quarterback going in there starting against this hungry defense at this time. What do you think about that, Chef? Uh, I think I think the Arizona Cardinals are in for a long day on Sunday. They're the starting quarterback for them, the guy who's starting, Ryan Lindley, has not posted a QBR above twenty-two point five in the in his last in his four career starts, and not that's not a good chance of him starting for the playoffs either. I think that's going to be difficult. I, I, you know, what else can you say? You got it's next man up, and if you're a professional quarterback, you expect it. You can't; those can't be excuses. So you got to find a running game someplace, and uh, a couple play action passes might catch him off guard. But whew, I, I might go with a, a play action pass, the first play of the game, go deep. <laughs> you know, play action first play. But anyway, next one up happens to be. The Green Bay Packers. The Green Bay Packers and that bad, bad man, Aaron Rodgers. Do you think Aaron uh, Aaron had a, a tough game a couple of weeks ago, but uh, it, it, was, it was last week, and, and Mr. Troop says it was last week. What, what do you think about Aaron? He got a bad day at the office. He showed uh, – it was just a bad day. I don't think he made excuses. I, you know, I, I saw the game, cold weather. You know, come on, they play in cold weather all the time. Uh, Aaron just had a bad day. Buffalo was ready. They, they, you know, it was. They were looking for some respect, and that's what I think. That's what I think. That's why I'm so upset about the Philadelphia Eagles. When you know you're playing a good team, you got to play your best ball. If you're a player and and you're you want to be acknowledged, you got to play your best football, the best time 
uh, when you're playing against the best players. And, and, and I'm trying to go fast, Chef Julian, because we got to go. Uh, so the next one up is? Number three is the Seattle Seahawks. Number three is the Seahawks. Number two? Number two is the Denver Broncos. And number one? The New England Patriots. And do you believe that the New England Patriots is the number one team in the National Football League this day and this time? No, I do not. I I don't even think Denver is the number is is the number two team in the uh, NFL. I think that it's Seattle. I think that it's Green Bay and it's Seattle. And to be honest, I think that either those two teams are going to win the Super Bowl this okay. year. All right, you heard it from Chef Julian. They said we got to wrap up, so I've got to go. You've been listening to Rail of Sports on the Voice America Network. I'm in Phoenix, living like it matters. I want to thank my friend Guy True for joining us. Fifteenth annual Player Networking event coming up here in Phoenix at the Super Bowl. See you next week. Thank you for spending this hour with Ray Ellis Sports. We hope that you've enjoyed today's conversation. For more information and to write Ray, visit RayEllisSports.com. That's RayEllisSports.com. Be sure to join us again next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Voice America Sports Channel.